Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Persis Poku. On today's episode, we want to continue our survey of the book of Colossians from an apologetic perspective. A survey of the book of Colossians from an apologetic perspective. And as we've been going through the book of Colossians, uh, we've been highlighting the fact that Jesus is supreme. So this letter deals with the supremacy of Christ, who is the head of the church. The supremacy of Christ, who is the head of the church. And as I uh, said before, in terms of our Savior, Jesus, uh, he is more than just Mary's little baby. He's more than just uh, the baby born in Bethlehem. He's more than just uh, the prophet. He's more than just a sage. Uh, he, he's more than, than just uh, a lot, uh, the knowledge that many people have put him in in terms of the box. Uh, he's not just um, the human that walked on this earth for three and a half years. He's more than that. He's the only God-man that ever walked this earth. Uh, Jesus is divine. And his divinity uh, gives him the position of being supreme. Jesus is more than capable to deal with all of our affairs. He's more than capable to deal with our fears. He's more than capable uh, to deal with our aggressions. Jesus gives us clarity in life. Um, Just like the scale fell from Paul's eyes uh, physically, We can also say metaphorically that the scales have fallen from our eyes because we are connected to Jesus the Christ. So in Colossians chapter 2 verse 4, Paul says, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. And we talked about that in the previous episode as it relates to those that could deceive you with persuasive words. And I encourage you, if you're listening to me, uh, we should always test the spirit by the spirit. Uh, We should always take what people are saying and compare to the word of God um, by obeying the science and art of biblical interpretation that we call hermeneutics. All Christians should know proper hermeneutics. This will keep us from... Uh, being led astray by those with fine-sounding speeches, by those great orators, by those with degrees in front of their names, those uh, with large followings, uh, those with small followings. So um, the key here is we ought to listen to the Word of God, and then we need to Compare it to the word of God. So if you're listening to someone, including myself, if you're listening to me, 
you should make sure that what I'm saying is correct. You should get your Bible. You should look at it contextually. Uh, you should implement the laws of hermeneutics. You should avoid eisegesis, which is to put into the scriptures what's not there. Avoid that. But you should embrace exegesis, which is to pull out of the scriptures what's already there. So Paul is warning us that enticing words signifies language which may sound eloquent, but are spiritually destructive. That's right. Uh, they sound good. They, they, they sound like it could be true. But when we dig into it, we realize in many cases, um, or, or, or the possibility is there, that what they're saying doesn't match up with the Word of God. And sometimes they may be regurgitating or reciting the scriptures word for word, but the way that they interpret those passages is totally off. This is why uh, we condemn many of the teachings from uh, the Jehovah Witnesses organizations. This is why we condemn, or not us, God has already condemned uh, those type of teachings. Uh, This is why some of the teachings of Mormonism is condemned. This is why some of the teachings of Islam is condemned. It's because God has already condemned it. So it doesn't matter how eloquent uh, the propagator may be. God is not impressed by eloquence. God used Moses and Moses wasn't eloquent. So God is not impressed by eloquence. Just because someone can speak well, just because someone um, is able to capture a crowd, just because someone um, is really moving or can move us when they speak doesn't necessarily mean that what they're saying is biblical or hermeneutically correct. So false teachers know how to mix a bit of truth with lies. Uh, this dangerous spiritual cocktail will ultimately lead people to pain. And I gave uh, some examples previously. You know, the Heaven's Gates cult uh, that took place in Southern California, um, Jim Jones in Guyana, and, and uh, him leading his people astray to the point where uh, they committed mass suicide. And then, of course, I always bring up uh, David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. So these, these are just a small sample size of false teachers in history that have made the national news. But there are plenty more uh, that have not made the national news. So we need to stand firm on God's truth and not compromise. God is love, right? God is love. But God, at, at the same side of God's love is, is justice. God is just. And, and the same side of justice is truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, which is important. Because God doesn't accept just any type of worship. He does not accept just any type of offerings. So what we offer to God must be rooted in truth. Uh, this is the case with uh, Cain and Abel. Uh, one person gave a sacrifice that was embraced by God. The other uh, offered up a sacrifice that was, that was rejected by God. And when you have time... Uh, do the research on that passage, and you soon understand that God had already condemned one offering and, and embraced the other offering prior to the offerings. 
We don't have time to get into that particular text, but when you have time, do your research. So Paul's warning to the Colossians church is consistent with the rest of Scripture. Let us look at Psalm 12, 2 and 3. They speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips, and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Again, that's Psalms 12, 2 and 3. And then uh, Psalms 5 and 9, for there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very, very uh, wickedness. Their throat is an open uh, sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue, Psalms 5 and 9. And then Psalm 55, 20 and 21, he, he hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He had broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn, uh, yet were they drawn swords. Psalms 55, 20 and 21. Then uh, Psalms 62 and 4, they only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. And these are just passages that shows you the uh, capability of man to be deceitful, uh, to, to be deceitful, rather. This shows you the uh, potentiality of various individuals to say one thing, but yet inside their heart is something else. This shows you the potentiality of even people that mean well uh, to teach or preach something that they believe is accurate, but if they're not uh, practicing proper hermeneutics, it's actually harmful. So we have to make sure that uh, everything that we hear is tested by us uh, compared to the Word of God. Make sure that uh, it's contextually appropriate. Make sure that uh, we're praying. Make sure that you're reading. Make, make sure that you're studying. Then make sure that you're applying what you read. Uh, doing those things will help you to come to the correct biblical interpretation. So we learn from Paul uh, that we should make sure that we are not being deceived. As a result, uh, Paul talks about in verse 5 through 6, as a result of them receiving Christ, Paul encourages the following for the recipients in Colossae. He says, walk in him, verse 6. Be rooted and built up in him, verse 7. Be established in faith, verse 7. Abound with thanksgiving, verse 7. Be aware so no one spoils you with vain philosophy and deceit, verse 8. And again, that's important. Uh, this, this whole thing about being deceived with vain philosophies, uh, with, with, with vain uh, psychology, with, with vain rhetoric. There's a lot of noise going on in today's society. There's a lot of noise. And this is uh, noises that we hear uh, from our social media platforms, noises that we hear in our communities, uh, noises that we hear sometimes even inside the church. Uh, uh, these noises are rooted in vain philosophies, meaning they're inane. They, 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 they're really lacking substance. Uh, philosophies that are not going to take us anywhere. Okay? Now, philosophy by itself is not a bad thing. 
God created philosophy, uh, filio, uh, meaning uh, wisdom, and, and um, the latter part, the study of, so the study of wisdom. So God is not against philosophy because uh, the etymology of it is it, it translates to being the love of wisdom, Sophia. And so we're not, God is not against philosophy, but how we apply philosophy is very important. Philosophy practiced outside of the Christian worldview is vain philosophy. It's, it's the type of thinking that leads us away from God, and that's where we are uh, in this modern society. Uh, we, we, we have so-called smart people that write books uh, that, tells, that try to infer that God is not real, that we all must embrace scientism, and what scientism tells us is that um, science is the only method by which truth can be determined. And that's not true. In other words, they're saying we can't know truth unless they test it by purely scientific means. This means that God is not part of the, of the solution. God's not part of the criteria, which is very foolish because even early scientists were smart enough to know that there was a relationship between God and science because God created science. So don't listen to vain philosophies. Uh, our children are suffering from vain philosophies. Now they're putting in uh, their belief system inside textbooks, uh, not for educational means, but for indoctrination. Uh, we have elementary kids being poisoned by vain philosophies, uh, teaching them about uh, sexual behaviors that's inconsistent with the Bible. So we can't just sit there and not be part of the conversation. We as Christians, we must be involved in, in our community. We must be involved uh, in, in the landscape of legislation. We must be involved because if we are not involved, then we leave uh, the carnal mind of other people to dictate to us how our communities are shaped, uh, what type of legislation we have to follow. So we must be involved. And even if they don't accept our suggestions, at least we try. But we cannot sit back and not do anything. We live in this society. We must speak up. So be, uh, be aware so no one spoils you with vain philosophy and deceit. Uh, don't allow people to um, veer you away from what the scriptures are saying, uh, even in terms of evolution. Uh, we as Christians must know uh, how to respond accordingly. How do we um, summarize or how do we respond to some of the claims of evolution? That, that's very important. So Paul, he explains the origins of this vain philosophy and this movement of deceit. It is a product of human tradition, which means it's worldly and not emblematic or should not be emblematic of Christian conduct. Paul, now he's not saying that philosophy is bad, as I said before. The word philosophy does come from these two Greek words, philio, which is love, and sophia, which is wisdom. So um, it is the love of wisdom. Uh, again, filio, meaning love, and Sophia, wisdom. 
In short, the word philosophy means a lover of wisdom. Philosophy practiced outside of God's will is foolish. However, philosophy is beneficial if practiced within a Christian worldview. Paul is warning the church especially, those in Colossae, about listening to erroneous teachings based on worldliness or humanism. So Paul um, is giving them a warning. Do not be led astray by erroneous teachings. Do not be led astray by erroneous teaching. In Christ, we have everything that we need. Again, he's talking about the supremacy of Jesus, verses 9 through 10 uh, of chapter 2. We're able to utilize our reasoning for the glory of God. So if you are an engineer as a Christian, look at your profession in light of Christ. If you are a lawyer, look at your profession in light of Christ. If you're a sanitational worker, look at your profession in light of Christ. If you are a homemaker, look at your profession in light of Christ. So whatever our profession is or whatever our professional uh, jobs are, we have to look at it from the Christian worldview. And in doing so, God is able to use us to blossom right where we are. We're able to attract other people uh, to Jesus because of how we carry ourselves in our job functions. So Paul is saying, they, the church of Colossae, like all believers, have been spiritually circumcised. Verse 13, circumcision for Israel, uh, for the Israel men, signified a covenant with God. That's what it meant. So likewise, the New Testament does not advocate the physical circumcision, but a spiritual circumcision, uh, a circumcision as found in Romans 2, 25 through 29, as well as Galatians 5 and 6. So the word propitiation that uh, many theologians use best describes Paul's statement in verse 14. It is defined as the removal of wrath by the offering of a gift. The atonement of Christ blotted out, erased the ordinances that was against us. This is the message that Paul uh, wanted the Christians in Colossae to hear. Moreover, he, he's talking about Jesus, by the resurrection, triumphed over all principalities and powers. Verse 15, that is good news. All principality and, and powers. Uh, whoever the boogeyman or woman is in your life that brings you fear, Jesus has conquered Whatever your fears are, Jesus have conquered it. Uh, if you're afraid to die as a Christian, just know this. Jesus has already conquered death. Whatever your fears are, whatever it is that, that could paralyze you, Jesus has conquered it. And, and Jesus is saying, I'm with you. Do not let fear, do not let tradition hold you back. He is supreme. He's conquered everything. So there's no need to make up artificial counselors when it comes to life, uh, some people uh, read their horoscopes and they can't uh, go outside of their door unless they know what uh, the horoscope says about uh, their position. Uh, they're an Aries, you know, they're Sagittarius and they, they, they're this, they're that. And uh, I can't go unless I have my cross on. I can't go outside unless I have my crucifix on. Uh, I, I, I can't... Um, 
uh, go underneath a ladder and I can't move if a, a black cat crosses my path. And Jesus is saying, I've died for all of that. So you don't have to be paralyzed by traditions, false traditions. And that's what Paul is reminding us of. Jesus is supreme. He was there when we were created, and he'll be there when we are called back home. So don't be paralyzed by your fears. Don't don't allow traditions to paralyze you. Don't allow vain philosophies to lead you astray. Stay with Christ, because inside of Christ, we have everything that we need. We have everything we need inside of Christ. We don't need Christ, then something else. Uh, There's a lot of leaders uh, that I've read and I've heard And they're saying that Jesus by himself is not sufficient. We need Jesus and something else. We need Jesus and then uh, 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 this other philosophies. And that's not true. Uh, We have everything we need in Jesus, everything that we need. Now, there's something you may want, but it's not consistent with God's will for your life. So he doesn't want you to have it. And if we keep persisting in trying to get what we want, and not necessarily what we need, we wind up uh, causing problems and bringing problems into our lives. So uh, we must be obedient and walk by faith and certainly not by sight. So the atonement of Christ has blotted out the ordinances that was against us. So it does not matter the issue that may come about because Christ has already conquered whatever issues you're going through. Whatever you're dealing with, Christ has conquered it. He's nailed it to the cross. We have power to overcome. We have power to resist. So we no longer need to do the following as Christians. Uh, Participate, number one, as an example. We no longer need to participate in seances, uh, trying to figure out what happened to our departed ones. So we're going to try to bring those individuals back uh, through seances. Um, That's a whole Uh, another teaching that we can deal with in terms of um, once an individual died. But let me say that the scripture does tell us that it's appointed to man to die once and for all. Uh, There is no coming back when you die. Um, There there, there is no crisscrossing the afterlife to this life. So no participating in seances. Number two, uh, things like Ouija boards, Christians should not be using. Number three, Making an appointment with a palm reader or soothsayer, that's not accepted. Uh, Number four, uh, living in accordance to astrological signs, which I talked about before. So these are just a few things that we need to leave alone because we have everything we need in Jesus, the Supreme One. Uh, Unfortunately, our time has come to a close. It's always so quick when we begin, but we thank you all for your uh, prayers for sound reason the ministries, uh, even during times like these, the Lord is still opening up doors and we are still uh, training uh, Christians um, every, every day. We, we're doing something to edify the church. So if you want to support our ministries and equipping Christians to stand on sound doctrine, uh, please uh, consider giving. Uh, you can go up to our website, www.srministries.org, and you can give there, or you can uh, send in a love offering to Sound Reasoning Ministries, P.O. Box 582-306, El Grove, California, 95758. And we do thank God for each one of you. 
Please remember to continue to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson, and I'm the host of Trevor Talks, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.